Hey everybody, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode, we got the hilarious Stephen Kramer Glickman. Uh, you might recognize this guy from uh, all sorts of TV and movie shows. Uh, hilarious dude. Uh, been in the business 15 plus years. Uh, has unbelievable stories of, of meeting Mel Brooks and, and how that helped to get him to play Shrek on Broadway. Uh, he, uh, if you are a 15-year-old girl and a fan of the About Last Night podcast, because that is our big demo, uh, you might recognize him as uh, the band manager from the hit Nickelodeon show, Big Time Rush. Uh, he's, Stephen's got great stories of... <clears throat> of how single moms would try to uh, persuade him with sexual favors so that uh, their kids could meet the cast. Um, and uh, it's just a really hilarious episode. At the end of this, you're going to be like, how does this guy not have a one-man show uh, with uh, uh, portraying his family? Because his uh, he, he's just got one of those typical hilarious comedian families. <clears throat> and uh, and Steven's a great dude. And uh, we went a little long on this one because uh, his stories were so great, we couldn't cut him off. Follow Steven on Twitter at Steven. K Glickman, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Uh, hey, wait, I'm here. Oh yeah, he's here. Oh, uh, holy shit! Sometimes these intros are uh, well, more often not though. They're, they're just me, but but we're in Sacramento right now. Uh, been yeah. at the Punchline all weekend. Show's been dope. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been dope, and uh, what's even been doper, if that's a word, is uh, <laughs> what's even been doper is a sentence. I'll take things that have never been said for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> is uh, the after show karaoke. That we've been doing. Oh man, check our Instagrams at AdamRay33 and at Brad Williams Comic for Brad Williams a singing the Animaniacs theme song. Damn right. And how do you top that? Maybe you sing "Semi Charm Life" by Third Eye Blind. You know what? I know what makes the ladies happy, and what <laughs> makes the ladies happy is Tiny Toon Adventures. <laughs> can we get? Can we get a little preview? Uh, all right, all right. What was it? They're, uh, they're tiny. We're tiny. We're toony. We're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. Listen, I don't want to give you the full thing. Whoa. I just want to tease you. Ladies, why is Brad still single? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, where are you going to be coming up? Uh, Ontario, California, December 12th and 13th. I'm going to be there. Come on out. Always a great time at that club. I'll be there, too. You will, Exactly. Adam Ray will be there, too. We'll Double the fun. About last night's uh, com- comedy show. And speaking of that, both Adam and I are going to be in San Jose, California at the Improv December 20th. Doing a live podcast with the great Adam Carolla. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. My first live podcast. You've done a few, but yeah, uh, it's it's always a blast. Uh, Adam's audiences are all are always fun. And then if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, New Year's, come out and pop bottles of champagne, dumping on me like a rap video hoe. Uh, <laughs> December thirty first, I will be there. For New Year's Eve at the Improv in Kansas City, Missouri. Fuck yeah. Uh, follow, fo- fo- b- 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 <laughs> follow me at the hospital after my post-stroke. Uh, no, uh, come see me. I'm headlining my home club, The Parlor Live, in Bellevue, Washington, December 26th and 27th. Get your tickets at parlorlive.com. And then New Year's, December 29th through January 4th, I'll be at the uh, Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come out, pop bottles of... Hose or whatever Brad said. <laughs> Pop bottles on hose. Treat yeah. me like a hoe. Give me champagne. I'll give you laughs. Uh, and we'll have a great time. Of course, go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Comment on the fucking thing so that we can continue to climb the ranks and you can continue 
to enjoy our content because we've got so many great episodes coming up. We've got Melissa McCarthy in a few weeks. We've got John Krasinski. We've got Dana Carvey. We've got Jerry Farrar from Entourage. We've got Rob Schneider, Jeff Garland, uh, and, and of course, all the past episodes you can get on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, or aboutlastnightpodcast.com. And when you're there, what should you do, Brad? Well, you should click on the Amazon banner, which takes you to Amazon.com. You can buy whatever you want. Do your Christmas shopping on Amazon.com. Or Hanukkah shopping. True. Uh, via the About Last Night podcast. And it doesn't cost you an extra dime, but yet it throws a little money our way so we can keep the lights on and keep this podcast going. In addition to that, you want to show more support for the podcast? We've got a yes, about, I do. We've got About Last Night podcast t-shirts. Oh, oh, where, do I, where do I get those at? Where, I don't know. Where do they get those at? Well, probably at StoyMerchandise.com. E-S-T-O-I Merchandise.com. Pick up your About Last Night t-shirt or tank top, ladies, and uh, you can buy them online there, and they'll ship them to you a couple days later. They got all sizes for men and women. So get your About Last Night podcast t-shirt at a store, E-S-T-O-Y, Merchandise.com. Lisp not included. Lisp not included. (laughs) That's extra. Those are the t-shirt details. Those are the Twitter handles. That's the two-a-date info. Good to see you, Brad. Listen to a very special episode of the About Last Night podcast coming up right now with Mr. Steven Glickman. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. It's about last night. I'm kind of holy uh, shit. Is that the the next? Is that the iPhone six this plus? Is the, this is the six plus. Yeah, the, dude, it, it's like a mini iPad in your pants. It's big and stupid. Oh my god, it's, iPad in your pants sounds like a really bad pickup line from Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an iPad in my pants. It's, mm-hmm. it's not gonna. I suck itself. <laughs> She's like, all right, <laughs> you should probably go make something else. I get it with the eye puns. Yeah, the eye puns. This is incredible. Yeah. See, I just got the six, but I, uh, it already feels bigger. You can slap those bad boys on if you want the headphones. Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels, I don't know, big, it's, it's bigger than the five, obviously, but I, uh, I text with one thumb, and, uh, and then there's a button on the side. Yeah, there you go. I've only done a couple podcasts but all the podcasts I've done have been like Nickelodeon kids doing them. No, no, no. They're oh. always like really, really dirty. Like oh, it's shit. either like super, super dirty comics being like, "Let's talk about fucking," you oh, know, God. which is kind of like weird. Well, if it comes up, it comes up. But that's not like we, that's not the theme of our podcast. I mean, that takes yeah. away my first eight questions. <laughs> if, if, if we can't talk about fucking, yeah, Brad. Every guest that comes on, Brad has a little game he calls. Uh, was first base anal for you? That's yeah. what Brad. It's oh, like, that's good. Yeah, it, 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 it's a great game. It consists of one question. <laughs> uh, we usually get it done pretty fast, uh, but o- overall, I think it provides a valuable insight into the, into the psyche of our guest. It really would tell you a lot about a person if that's well. That's when we had Steve Byrne on. That Brad 
How did that come about? I have no idea, yeah. but my, my nickname by the end of it ended up being First Base Anal. So <laughs> That's a good nickname. Right? I think that's a pretty solid nickname. Not exactly one that you want your boys to be shouting at the bar, like across no. the bar, like, hey, there he is, First Base Anal. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, I guess uh, I'm cock-blocked from the bar. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's yeah, that Captain be FBA. Now, are, are you <laughs> getting to a point where it's like, uh, like you're saying people want you to be dirty on a podcast. Is it like the Bob Saget type thing where it's like you're on a family friendly show so they want they're like well let's get the other side well yeah i mean like that's like kind of like like i like leaning towards that shit like that's that makes me more comfortable like talking Mm -hmm. being being a little dirtier always makes me a little more comfortable but um but like some of the podcasts i've been on they're like they're just i went like some of them are just such shit and like so terrible yeah and some of them are like really like amazing but now what makes a great podcast for you I think a great podcast is like uh, besides the, besides a Jew and a midget together. A, a Jew and a midget have to be in it. If, <laughs> right. if it's not them, those variables are tough to come by. If it's gonna be in your in your home, yeah, it's it's got to be like put together. Like yeah. you got to have your shit together. You got to have. Is this is this is fucking together? Yeah. This is very put together. Right? Gotta, like you I have candles. In, yeah, no, no. I've been in places where it's like you walk in and uh, it's like a guy and he's like, "We're trying to get the board hooked up." <laughs> Bro, just just watch uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2's on TV. You want to watch that for a little bit? Oh, and I'm God. like, how fucking long is it? Or the computer just keeps crashing again mm-hmm. and again. And like, I mean, for, oh. I mean, first of all, you, you should be insulted that they only have Beverly Hills Cop 2 and not yeah. 1 or yeah. possibly 3. Yeah. I mean, er, well, er, everyone 3 knows was the best. best. Yeah, exactly. 3 and 1 yeah. were great. 2, it's garbage. Yeah, it, it, it's like a damn slap in the face. Well, we are not one of those uh, crazy, vulgar podcasts, which brings us to our first game. Uh, what celebrity? Would you like to shit on your chest? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Uh, well done, nice. sir. Was well, that weird? Well played. Not, not at all. Not at all. Uh, we might be able to make that happen. Uh, when you were growing up in London, Canada, London, Ontario, London, Canada. Ontario. I always like to say that it gets progressively less interesting when you say <laughs> that's that's where you're from. London, Canada, you're sounds like pretty London. Awesome. When you go London, they go right. oh, and you go Ontario, and they go what? <laughs> and you go Canada, and they go oh. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. Really yeah. London, Canada, though, sounds like where the original Willy Wonka chocolate factory was like started. <laughs> like I feel like that's where it would be. Like you know, like Grandma Joe's like. To a wonderful land, and we're going Ontario, to Canada. <laughs> what? Uh, what were you? Were you a funny kid growing up? Um, I mean, I was like, I I used to sit in front of the mirror and just make faces all day, That's and awesome. like try to do weird voices. Yeah, and I uh, I, I for bought... sure did that too. By the way, oh, did you? Yeah, and you I must think have. that's. Uh, you know, uh, because I think once you, you – there must have been a time – you must have done a face or something to somebody that you saw the reaction. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, I'm gonna, let me try to, like, get better at them? Or did sure. you do that first? No, 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 no. That's what I was doing. I was doing um, – it, it would be like I would do a funny voice or a funny face or do something, and then I would – you know, I'd get laughs from yeah. it. So I was like, oh, I got to do more of those. Yeah. And I'll never forget – this is not, like, super young, but uh, I had an answering machine for my – I had a phone line uh listen, I, I made, listen grandpa glickman um, answering yeah. machine I, it was a it was a but it, like it was a four message box awesome. answering machine yeah. and i had gotten it so that i could record uh, a storyline where if you called the first 
the first box, I could say, and uh, if you're enjoying the story, press pound two for the rest of the story. And then you press <laughs> pound two, and then it would be like, uh, and then the Martians went to the... And I would do like these wow. weird stories, and then I'd be like, ah, if you want to hear more, press pound three. And it was four boxes. So you could, Dude, you were like Choose Your Own Adventure books before Choose Your Own Adventure books came out. But the audio version. That was like the audio version of Choose Your Own Adventure. I mean, incredible. It was like I would do all sorts of weird... I'd try to fit an entire movie, you know, do all the voices yeah, and dude. like, especially like, uh, I started doing th- like live theater when I was, uh, in the second grade, yeah, third grade, second grade, yeah, yeah. and uh, immediately what I, what I would do is I'd watch the movie, and then I would try to learn the voice of whoever Dude, originally did it. Dude, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, totally. I played the Cowardly no. Lion in fifth grade. That was Same, my first play. Right watched The Wizard of Oz, <clears throat> and my mom was like, you were Burt Lahr, which is the guy who played <laughs> yeah, the Cowardly Lion. Because I got that like, I was like, I got to do it exactly like him. Sure. Because that's what people are going to expect. Which, by the way, what a crazy thought to have as a fucking 10-year-old. Right. Like, yeah. these adults are going to be expecting yes. authentic yeah. Burt Lahr. <laughs> 100%. I'm right there with you, dude. They will <laughs> boo and throw snacks at me, which, well, maybe not <laughs> won't, won't be maybe too bad. But yeah. overall. I always joke because I was uh, a real big kid growing up. And I was like... Uh, uh, and especially when I played the lion, was probably at the peak of my uh, fatness as a child. And uh, and I always joke, I was like, uh, you know, it was the first time in the history of the story that the cowardly lion got to Oz and asked uh, <laughs> asked him for ice cream cake and not, not courage. And they were like, you sure you don't want courage? That's been kind of like a running theme for you. No, no, now that we're here, I uh, would love some... Some I mean, chip mint. yeah. I mean, you said you could provide me anything. Yeah, you said anything. So uh, I didn't realize the possibilities were that. You know, what a uh, what a uh, plays were you involved in as a kid when you were doing like? Oh man, uh, Wizard of Oz, Cowardly Lion, yeah. right there with oh, you. Oh, your Lion Same Brothers. Old thing. Yeah. You know what? One of the one of the it's a small fraternity. One of the <laughs> biggest, uh, what, like one of the, the most ridiculous things I've ever done uh, is, uh, and this this is not the most ridiculous, but it's it's professionally one of the more ridiculous things I've done. When I was, uh, I auditioned for the national tour of, like, this, this is years and years ago, like 10 years ago. I yeah. auditioned for the national tour of Wizard of Oz to play the Cowardly Lion. Holy shit. And they, like, they just weren't into They just were like, no, sorry, but we're going different direction yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. And I was like, with a small Chinese man. So. I was like, yeah, whatever. You guys are the worst. And then I, go to <laughs> New- I get to New York, and I'm working on the Shrek musical yeah. in New York, and I'm playing Shrek, and I'm working with DreamWorks and Katzenberg and all these big dudes. And I saw that the same company was doing the national tour of Wizard of Oz. So I walked in, threw my cred out, and I was like, yeah, I'm playing Shrek right now, but I'm going to have some time off. So I thought, and come in and uh, audition for Cowardly Lion. And they were like, you can go next, sir. And like, I oh, go in, man. crash the audition, uh, and, I, and they're like, um, they're like, do you have any audition materials? And I was like, no, just I'm just. It's the do- cowardly lion. Yeah, I, I think like, I, I think we know. I think we got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Uh, if I were king of the forest in the audition room, and booked it in the room, and then fucking turned it down. Oh. I was like, suck a dick. Wow. Suck a dick. I mean, Wizard of Oz. Like, I guess the lion did find some courage. <laughs> you fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> oh, that would have been your best line ever. That's a, that's an amazing story. That's essentially like the theatrical version. Of uh, being able to bang the hot chick that you wanted to bang in high school, sure. and then and, and, and you couldn't finally going back, and now she wants to bang you, and you're like, no, 
No. And you just turn her down. You turned them down. That's great, dude. That, yeah. that is awesome. It and, felt really good at the and, time. And then I, <laughs> now I wish I. Yeah, yeah it's like a, now it. I kind of wish I had the paychecks coming in. But you know, whatever. <laughs> at the time, I mean, you got to take a stand. Like, you gotta hey, man, stand I'm taking a stand for <laughs> all is? fat, cowardly lions everywhere. <laughs> I'm not going to be the fat, cowardly lion. I'm going to play something with dignity. I'm going to be Shrek, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo, what was that like, by the way? Though? Yeah, that, that sounds was amazing. Super weird and cool. It was like I did all the workshops and all the readings of Shrek on Broadway. Like, I played, uh, I, it was me and Dean Edwards. You know, Dean yeah. Edwards? Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so Dean, Dean was the donkey, and Thank I was out. Shrek. And we, like, we helped them create the show. Like, we did, we like, helped them mold the comedy of how the of how the play would be. And I mean, that's a big uh, responsibility a big, to be a part of that process, because you're looking at the biggest animated film of all time. Right, yeah. And you're trying to adapt that to the stage, which is... Um, Anytime you're adapting a story to the stage, it's not easy, but especially something where the comedy and it's it's already so proven, and yeah. it's like you can't just do like uh, you know there's a, there's a there's a different um, I don't know uh, uh, skill set like there's just different yeah. stuff you have to f- take from the movie to bring to the stage. Yeah, like I mean they they searched I mean for like four years to yeah. try to find a guy who could look like Shrek, yeah, but sound like Mike and have the comedy chops and the music chops. It was like, it was a, it was super crazy for me. And then for Dean, it was the exact same thing. Find someone who can sing and can do an impression of Eddie. That sounds exactly like Eddie, but then like they were so specific about everything. And, uh, and we worked on it for two years out there and uh, and we'd go in you know six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning and and work till eight o'clock at night and i'd sit in prosthetic yeah. makeup how long know? was that process like the first time we did it it was like eight and a half hours and then it just went down to like eight and a half hours think about yeah, that for a minute it's crazy man. you could drive from san diego to san francisco oh and yeah and still with time to spare it, dude, it was it was intense, and I would sit and I'd watch movies on my uh, on the little computer they had for me, and I would do, we do like they got it down to like four and a half hours to get the makeup on. Yeah, I was still. wearing like literal not stilts, but like um, giant moon boot things to make me taller than everybody else, and yeah. trying to perform on them. And then we had this uh, giant. Uh, fucking stair thing that was like it was like this these stairs that went up to tw- like twenty twenty stairs up like a big like twenty stairs right yeah sure whatever and then uh it was on hydraulics and when you got to the top near the top it would tilt and fall the other way and it'd be spinning so it was like you're trying to escape this castle and they're they're moving this giant staircase around that you have to like balance on as it's it's flipping while wearing these moon boots while wearing moon boots and while we were on the top of it the hydraulic broke and all four of us fell off the thing on was this during a live show no it was during a during a rehearsal and it was like it was it was insane. Then they were like, "Well, we got to scrap the hydraulic yeah, stair." That's thing. a wrap on the yeah. Giant, no yeah. more on that. That's but it was like you- it was cool though. I would, the cool the coolest part was yeah. is that, uh, and this is still my favorite, is that Dean uh, Dean Edwards. I'd never really done stand up in New York, and Dean took me around and got me in at like. You know all the like, like stand up New York and at uh, Caroline's and Gotham, uh, Gotham and everything. Yeah. I, I started started getting to perform with him a lot and then perform with other guys. That's I was huge. A big fan of and that meant that meant so much. Oh yeah, because when you're uh, essentially uh, you're, you're kind of starting over in a place like that. That's so New York and LA are just so prominent for stand up that unless you're coming in with like 
you know, so much heat and and uh, that it's like you kind of like you need somebody like that to oh, yeah. bring you around. And he was so integrated. Yeah, because I mean, that prevents you from being the guy that walks into stand up New York and goes, I don't know if you uh, know of a little show called Big Time Rush. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this was before show. Big Time Rush. Oh, really? Yeah. So, okay. So this was just like, right hey, I got turned down for the cowardly line. You mind if I get five minutes? <laughs> yeah, hey, just a small set. You know, it's the, you know, can I show you some old answering machine tapes I've got? Have you ever had this happen? I'm not sure if you guys have had this happen or not. I'm sure you have, though. Uh, there was a a comic that I knew from the comedy store that was out there in New York. Jimmy Pidd? Different <laughs> different guy, but I love Jimmy Pidd. So do I, man. Got, oh. a, got, a, got a very soft spot. No comparison. That was my <laughs> Wait, yeah. Let's just tell the listeners real quick, because they're going to want to know. Who, you, yeah. We can't both get oh, that excited about who's a guy this Jimmy no Pidd? Ever heard of. Right. First of all, his name's Jimmy Pidd, yeah. and that's a great fucking name. And whatever you're thinking Jimmy Pidd looks like, he looks like. Yeah, because <laughs> he really does. Yeah. He looks like a Pidd. He looks like a Pidd, yeah. which is like a guy who looks like he was a fucking drag racer in the 70s. Yeah, um, yeah. And now, like, does cigarette commercials. Dude, and, 100%. And has a voice that's just very much like this, man, right? Yeah, where is he from? Chicago? He's yeah. from Chicago? Yeah, Jimmy Pidd, man. What was yeah. one of his... He was like... You ever throw? You, what was the joke about? You go. You go uh, uh, sometimes they have to take the the bus around town. It's like an aquarium for losers. <laughs> wow. And he's like, and he goes, and he just, just bum ash me for change, man. And I like, uh, he had this line. He would do his jokes the exact same way every time oh, with the exact wow. same cadence, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the exact same delivery. And he was like. He's like, and this bum wanted some change, and so I threw change at the bum. I'm butchering the joke, but the line that it was always so funny that he would do exactly the same was like, uh, he's like, ever throw a bucket of change at a bum and see how he reacts? It was just like, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. about throwing change at a oh bum. Oh, my God. Making it rain. Sure. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but he was, man. hey, man, just, and such a likable oh, dude. So nice and so funny. And so just funny. Stupid. It's just a he's dumb still, guy. We're friends on Facebook, and every every time I post a picture, he's like, lose weight, fat so <laughs> Every time. You read I, it in that voice. Yeah. Oh, I man. love those guys like that and those, and those personalities <laughs> where you can't help but read, like, I read Texts from people like in their voice, sure, and it, it just it just makes so much sense. And, and when you're that much of a character like Pitt is, it yeah. just it's it's fucking perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. So but, he, he's not the guy in New York though. Though. Yeah. No, no, no. It was a different comic from L.A. And I got out there and I knew that he was at the cellar. And I called him up and I was like, "Hey man, I'm in New York. I'm doing this Broadway show. Uh, do you, do you think that you might be able to tell them that like you know, I'm a comic that you know me from the club?" And yeah. he was like. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so, man. Really? And I was like, you, well, I was like, but we've performed together a whole bunch. I'm like, you know me. And he was like, yeah, no, I don't. I, 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 I'm not going to do that, man. Wow. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And like, I, that was. Hashtag Hollywood. Some people are just not down to help, man. That's 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. I will never forget. I'll never forget it's that. It's funny how you don't do it. Yeah. sticks in my brain. I was working on a movie at Fox last year and they were like, we're looking for this type and they showed, like they literally wrote out his description of what he looks like and wow. I was like, oh man, I'm like, and I I made the call and I was like, yeah, we, we're probably going to bring you in for this, but it was like, it was 
I was still going through my head where I was like, sure. I could hold a grudge and fuck this guy over out of a yeah. job. Yeah. But I, I didn't, but I still, but my brain was like, oh man, you don't forget shit like no, that. No, you and, for sure don't. And, and, that, and that's, the thing about, uh, that's the thing about show business and, and, and really life in general. You, you, you think, oh, I could be fucked up to this person right now, but you never know what that no. person's going to do. They could be your boss. They could be in a place where they could help you out someday. Sure. Like you should always be nice to people. In yes. This, in, in it, the, it, it, it's weird having to say that, but yeah, just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You don't have to. You don't have to like everybody. And you know what? I've like. There's plenty of people that I'll. You know, I'll be like, oh, I can't fucking stand that guy. You know, yeah. or that guy drives me crazy. But you know, like. We all know who we're talking about. Martin Short, right? Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, that Martin, Martin Short, Short coming from Canada. Fucking attitude. Have you watched the Mulaney show? Have you watched the show? No. Uh, you haven't seen the show? No. I've seen it. I, seen it. I've auditioned for it. Uh, oh, I got man. a part on it. No. And then they cut back the order for the episode. And, oh, and tell them what the yeah. part was. Come on. Uh, the part was... Martin sh- Short's like yeah. a game show host on yeah. the show, right? Yeah. yeah the, the part the part was a guy on the game show, like essentially like an El Machete. Day character that's like a dwarf on the game show throwing glitter at people. What? But then backstage he's like a total dick. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then, then backstage <laughs> oh he's an my asshole. God, what that a sounds great. amazing. Yeah, right? It, it would have been great. And with Martin Aww. Short, with Martin Short, and they call me up and say, "Brad, good news, you got the part." Yes, but <laughs> we've cut down the episode order. You know what? It's it, they had a really really <laughs> rough start on that show. Yeah. First couple episodes were were pretty horrendous, and but. The, I've watched I've watched every episode because I watch every episode of every comedy show that comes out. Yeah, really? like well, everything well, that, that comes out it, until uh, it's canceled and gone. And then I try to. Yeah. Mulaney is such a great stand-up he and is. such a brilliant writer that you're like, this has got to be amazing. Yeah. I almost think that he's it's doing gotten a, way it's gotten yeah. way better recently. Yeah, it was hard in the beginning. I almost think in the first few episodes he was doing a parody. Of a sitcom, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, like he, kind of. I don't know. It just seemed to me that it was a joke on a joke. Like it was just like, no, no. This is what we know sitcoms are like supposed to be. But don't worry, we're gonna get some real shit later. Which would be great, by the way. I would watch a show that was just a mockery of sitcoms, (laughs) right? But you have to really make sure it's advertised properly, right? Yeah, like Louis, like the old Louis C.K. show, the Lucky Louis. Was wonderful. Mm -hmm. That was a great show. Do you? uh, So do you watch all these comedies because you're like, this is my job, and it's almost like homework, or because you're genuinely, genuinely uh, interested? I, I love terrible shit. Like I'm a huge fan. Like to give you an Mulaney, example, Mulaney, we love you. Please come on no, the podcast. No, 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 no. I love I love Mulaney, and he's yeah. he's a very very un- yeah. unbelievably funny guy. Yeah. Uh, and so is Nassim Pedra and everyone else that's on yeah. the yeah. show. It's a I mean terrific show. It's turned out to be a terrific yeah. show. Uh, but lots of shows have a, a rough beginning. Takes time and to get then, your legs, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean Seinfeld. The first few episodes were almost unwatchable because yeah. you, you didn't know what the hell was going on. And then like the Chinese restaurant episode comes out, you're like, oh, that's the show. Yeah. That, this is brilliant. Now we understand. Yeah, but I like I also just like seeing how a show develops, you know, like how the comedy of the show of like different sitcoms like Marry Me is on right now and and watching that couple and seeing how they have progressed. I mean, it's the same. It's the same kind of people that did happy endings yeah. and those mm-hmm. kind of shows. And like seeing how they write is is really uh, is really interesting oh. to me. But I do love terrible shit. I went and saw that Nicolas Cage movie with uh, the 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 remake of with he's uh, the end of the world remake that just came out with Nick Cage. Uh, oh, I got to look this up now cuz Nick cuz cuz Nick cuz Nick Cage is the king of these movies. It was amazing. It's um I'm really want to go see the Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Oh, yes. Which is right now in the theater and I what? am dying to go see it. Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas? Yeah, it's like Kirk Cameron being like me like, "Come on, Christian, 
friends. Jesus is what it's about. Fuck Santa Claus. Like Whoa. that's the that's the yeah. that's the movie. And you're like, no way. This is amazing. Kirk can't Kirk Cameron. Yes, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Wait, was this uh, Nick Cage left behind? Yes, yes. left behind. Left I went behind. to go see it. I dragged Mike Black to go see nice. it in the valley at some shitty place, and we just sat there together. And I was like, I'm so sorry for making you watch this. But we we uh, I went and saw that. I saw. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I gotta get back I to love, fucking Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah. Wanting Go to back stop to Christmas. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It's, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's like it's him being like Christmas. We need to get Christmas to what it originally was: Jesus' birthday and all this presents bullshit. <laughs> and it's like him aggressively trying to yeah. stop Christmas. Hey, wow, shots fired by Cameron. Huh? <laughs> oh, and guess what, God. Kirk? Little heads up, man. You ain't gonna win this battle, motherfucker. No. Have you, you seen the fucking Macy's catalog recently? And like, uh, have it, you seen commercialized America? Like Christmas. If Christmas was gone, and I, this is coming from two Jews, by the way. Yeah, right. two Jews. Glickman and Ray, yeah. not the most Jewish of names, but they two, are Jewish. Two Jews and a guy and a guy that looks like he works for Santa. Yeah. So <laughs> we have every reason to hate Christmas. We have every reason. We have every reason to be like, fuck you, Christmas. But you know what? Nope. Yeah. There's, dude, oh if Christmas did not exist, I, I don't. I don't want to live in a world where that's... Here, uh, here's, where that's, that's here's how that's you know Kirk happening. Cameron's going to fail. Because Jews are the most powerful people on the planet, and they couldn't stop Christmas. Yeah, we really can't. You can't. There's no Jew equivalent, right, trying to like, put an end to Hanukkah? We don't have an end to... No. We got you know why? Because like we're like, we got other stuff to do. We got to bake. We got people coming over tomorrow. Yeah, it's, all, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I love, I, lo- I love Christmas. I don't celebrate Christmas, but I'll go to parties. I get pissed if uh, when my girlfriend books a job on Christmas because then I don't get to pretend to celebrate it yeah. you know like <laughs> how do you, pre- get to how you pretend to celebrate well, christmas like you go to the parties and eat I the cookies want the and cookies. stuff I yeah. want to eat the cookies and the cake and the things right but then i don't get to go because she's off you know working or doing something by the way so much jewiness just came out right so there. much I eat the cookies and the cakes and the things that they have they, they do have, a lot of things they do a lot of things <laughs> with the cookies and the cakes i appreciate the cookies and cakes <laughs> My family is uh, adorable and uh, and go. very very Jewish. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of like my aunt will call me and uh, and she'll say, um, uh, Stephen, I heard <laughs> the other day that they are that this man died and there's a role that's perfect for you <laughs> and and he's died so he's on a show and you should call tell your manager to get off his ass and call and get you the role and I'm like well what's the What's the job? She goes, it's a show called The Tenors. It's a musical show. And the man died. And you're perfect for the show because it's singing involved. And I'm like, well, what's the, who's the, who is the man who died? She goes, I don't know. Hang on. Let me ask your uncle. Arnie! <laughs> who, who's the man who died on the show? Arnie! Who died? Arnie! Arnie! I'm on with Stephen. Who died? He's not even there. Who died, Arnie? Who died, Arnie? Arnie! Who died? Arnie! It, Jim... His name is uh, Jim Gandalf. I'm like, James Gandolfini from The Sopranos? 
That show got canceled 20 years ago. She'll be like, they should bring it back. Bring it back now for you to be in it. He's dead. What is he going to do? Like that, you know, just the worst. And my grandparents who uh, have both passed, who are, were amazing. My grandfather would always turn to me and be like, uh, uh, why don't you call the fiddler on the roof people? <laughs> And tell them the you fiddler on the roof, people. Call the fiddler on the roof, people. Tell them you want to be in the show. <laughs> then they'll put you in the. Sh- That's how it works. You call, and then they you say, "Don't ask, you don't get." My you mom's you, a big yeah, you don't ask, you don't <laughs> get. My mom- call them. Like what? Who is? I'll the tell you how you won't be in fiddler <laughs> right. on the roof by sitting here not calling them. Right. But if you call them and you say, "Hey, I know you do this show. I would like to be in it," they go, exactly. "Great, we have an opening," and then you go do it. Right. Am That's, I crazy? It, se- so, it, it seems so simple to anyone and everyone not in show business. Yeah, of course, of course. And, and it's, it's, so it's kind of a slap in the face, but it's also so... It's like they, the sweetest they, thing in the world. All, they want the best for you. Yeah, they yes. want you to have the thing. They yeah. just don't... They, they just you know, know how it works. So um, <laughs> my whole nutty family is all... You know, they're all nuts and hilarious. And <laughs> my cousin Michelle, who's a playwright... Uh, got married to Max Brooks, Mel Brooks's son. Oh, wow. My God. Yeah. So we went to Mel Brooks's house when he was still with Anne Bancroft before she passed. Oh, my God. And it was at the beach, and that's where they had the wedding, was at his house. Get out. So I never met Mel. Of course, you know, as you can imagine. Sure. Huge, huge, Icon. massive fan. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, hero. Just, you know, ridiculous. So um, Still has lunch with Carl Reiner. Every day. Does oh, he really? Yeah. Yeah. And they Spaceballs, watch movies together. They yeah, watch like baseballs might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. All they watch is uh is like born identity movies. That's <laughs> all they at every every week they get together and they watch like uh born identity. <laughs> like they watch movies <laughs> like that, like these action movie yeah. things, spy which, which is two old <laughs> Crippled Jews <laughs> right. watching Matt Damon break arms with a pencil. I just, I, I, I just love that visual. So good. By the way, speaking so of born good. identity, real quick, my mom yeah. just to tag on to that uh, supportive Jew thing. She sent me an email two days ago, and I posted it on Instagram. Love Never this. got more likes on anything I've ever posted. Posted the picture of us with Melissa McCarthy after we did the podcast. Like three hundred so likes. This got like five hundred likes <laughs> in a day. It's an email that says. <laughs> Let me just pull it up. Wait, Brad, we just pulled up on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, it, it, it's something that encompasses what we've been talking or what you guys have been talking just the, about, and also how the the, the, the supportiveness, but also right. the lack of understanding of how it works. Sure. And again, she has the same thing. She says she can't watch certain shows because she'll see a cop on a show and go, "Adam could have played that cop. You could have been Joey on Friends." Mom, right. that show was out in '94. I was 12. <laughs> right. oh, oh, great. I guess I don't know anything. You just came out of me. Right. And I don't know anything right. about what you could do. <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with it. Like, what are you talking about? It's but it, still yeah. sweet, though. But it it's always sweet. It's always sweet, but it doesn't always make sense. No. You know, it doesn't always. The logic is sometimes way, way. Oh, like, uh, I get stuff all the time from, like, when. Game of Thrones came out. Everyone's like, you oh know what? <laughs> you should be on that show with Dinklage. Look what it's done for him. You're right. <laughs> of course. Why didn't I think why about being think on an why HBO have, show? Why, why didn't I think of getting an HBO show centered around me being a badass <laughs> character? If only. All right. I got the email. Yeah. Uh, Matt Dane. This, this is from uh, this is an email from former About Last Night podcast. Yeah, she's been on the podcast and Puddin. she crushed it. Her name's oh Puddin Ray. Wow. Well, it's Puddin' Ray. It was uh, her name's Carolyn, but Puddin' was like the nickname my grandpa gave her in That's Oklahoma so growing up because it was like a little like my little Puddin'y, like a little yeah, Nick, sure, like very yeah. endearing, like. Yeah. And so Puddin', and now and if you got to know her and you listen to the podcast, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's Puddin'." I can't wait. It to says hear. Matt Damon is doing another Born next year. You would be great in it. You are a great dramatic actor. And then she ends it with dot dot dot, which is like. <laughs> 
So you're like, oh, what else, mom? Oh, nothing? Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> There's a newborn movie. You'd be great in it. You're a great dramatic actor. That's amazing. That's it. Oh, my God. What a great <laughs> love mom. No, no Not even that? Just, just, hey, you, dot, 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 you fill in the blanks here. Yeah. What? By making a call to Damon. <laughs> wow. Holy crap. Yeah. So, you know. That's amazing. And everyone's just, you know, oh, she's so sweet. You know, so, but, it, but it's also just like there was no, like, I was reading an article. There's no, it was just three sentences. Yeah. Like, oh. you should be able to. I'm gonna just Family. throw it out there, and oh, then yeah. you run with it. Oh yeah, I, love it. I mean, I mean, but I need to go back to this Mel Brooks story because yeah. oh, I, sure. I, I, I love anything and everything Mel Brooks. Well, uh, we were all. Uh, the The story is basically that like I was very nervous to talk to him, of yeah. course, and everybody, everyone's very ner- Everyone's you know saying awkward things and nervous things, and uh, we're walking around his house, you know, like oh. in his house, walking around, and I look on the wall, and there's a giant picture of Albert Einstein. And it says, Dear Mel, it's framed. It says, Dear Mel, um, you're, uh, you're everything good about comedy. Love always, Albert. And I wow. was like, whoa, what the, what the hell is that? And my cousin's husband, who uh, is kind of an idiot, is standing next to me. And I go, I go what is, what's that about? And he goes, oh. You didn't read, uh, you didn't read Mel's uh, autobiography, and I was like, N- no. And he goes, you know, if uh, you're going to be around famous people, you should probably see if they've written an autobiography and then read it so that you understand uh, a little bit of who they are. He was actually uh, best friends with Albert Einstein for like uh, a while. Like they actually knew each other when he was a kid. So you know, <laughs> maybe next time, Stephen, learn to read a little and then walks away. Maybe that's why you're not playing the cowardly lion on Broadway. <laughs> right, totally. And I'm like standing there. I feel like shit. You know, I'm like, I can't believe I didn't know. And then Mel Brooks walks up next to me and i go hey um einstein was a great guy i go i I, did you did you how did you um i didn't know that you guys knew each other and he goes what are you kidding me (laughs) i i I never met albert einstein in my life carl made that for me as a joke (laughs) (laughs) and i go well my cousin said that it was in your autobiography and he goes i never wrote an autobiography (laughs) I was like, so not only was my cousin... Oh, God. Fuck your cousin's a dick. He's a dick, but he was quoting from a book that doesn't exist. <laughs> so I was like, this son of a bitch. So I, we, we've like... Um, uh, anyways, what ended up happening was I, you know, I talked to him. This is before Shrek, before Big yep. Time Rush, before anything. And uh, all he knew was that I was a comic and you know, that I'd done some musical theater stuff. And, uh, and then I went off and did Shrek, and I told him... You know that I was out there doing it, and he, there he was so sweet and just wonderful about it. And I come back to L.A. I'm living in L.A. and I go out uh, to this audition for Big Time Rush for this for the Nickelodeon show, yeah. right? And I go, and it's for a reoccurring character on the show for Gustavo, the manager. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I auditioned for it, and um, and they're like, "Yeah, um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give it to him. He's he's gonna get it, but it's uh, it's reoccur- it's reoccurring. It's not um series regular." So um, my manager was like, well, you know, we want series regular. And they're like, well, there's nothing you can do about that. For, so. for people that aren't aware, series regular versus... Series regular re- re- versus... Recurring. Okay, so uh, base salary... Carl Winslow on Family Matters was a series regular. Yeah, Carl yeah. Winslow... Urkel was a recurring. Yeah, when was he? When it started he? out, yeah. No way. Oh, when, yeah, dude. Yeah, when well, he started amazing. out. Your story is like... 
com- paralleling it. Uh, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, he was a uh, guest star even. And then it was so wow. sweet. He was going to recur because it was so uh, popular. They were like, we'll recur it. And then it was just so popular. They were like, you're on all the time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what ended up happening was uh, they um, – uh, they were like starting to try to negotiate the deal. And there was very little. I had no, I had no bargaining chips yeah. basically. And uh, as we were trying, it was like a six month negotiation of them trying to get me this show. Jesus. And while they were negotiating, uh, Mel found out and he was like, Hey, Steven, why don't you come to New York and uh, come do young Frankenstein on Broadway with me? How's that sound? And, and I was like, shit. Oh my God. He's like, we, we need someone to play uh, Gene Hackman's role. So, why don't you come out, the blind guy? Yeah. You know, come out, and we'll, you know, I'll give you the maybe if you want, you can come do the national tour. You work with me and Susan Stroman on it. And oh come to New York. We'll, have, we'll just, he's like, I just need somebody to come and hang out with me, and we'll work a little bit on this. And, uh, you know, come, you know, I'll give you a place to stay and fly you out and everything. So, my my manager doesn't know that I have any sort of relation to Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the news shows up at his offices. Mel Brooks is flying Steven to New York to work on Young Frankenstein. Yeah. He flips out, calls uh, Nickelodeon. Way? Yeah, in a good way. Calls Nickelodeon. is like, well, you're about to lose him. He's going to New York to go do Young Frankenstein on Broadway. So, you know, if you want him, series regular or nothing. And I land in New York. There are those bargaining chips. Yeah, mm-hmm. I land in New York. I go into the audition. I mean, the you know auditiony thing, and I'm hanging out with them. Middle of the audition, I get a call from my manager, and he's like, "They offered your series regular." And I tell Mel, and he's like, "It worked great. Get back out there." <laughs> oh! And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" It he- worked. Like he knew yeah. and like helped it happen, and I got I got series regular at Nick. Because they thought that I was needed somewhere else. Dude. How many people can say that's unbelievable? Mel, Mel Crazy. Brooks. It's a crazy. I've actually never told that story before, like on a on a podcast. How did that's Mel Brooks crazy. find out that he just? Must well, he just knew from family. Like we were talking and stuff, mm-hmm. and like, he knew that it was something that I was. Dude, trying to what work a out. selfless baller move! Such a right. such a badass. I mean, hey man, coolest. you were in position. I mean, you put your you did the work to put yourself in the position to yeah. have even the offer. Of, yeah, and that yeah. great part. But I mean, like. Yeah. That's but still. Uh, I, that's what was I always rad. say, man. Everybody needs a little boost. Everybody yeah. needs like, and it's all who you know, man. That's incredible. Totally, that's, it's crazy. That's a crazy ass. And story. that was a game changer. It was a game changer. Yeah, big time rush happens, and uh, and, and tell our audience for, who might not be twelve rush, to fifteen. Sure, big time <laughs> rush uh, aired on Nickelodeon in November two thousand nine. I think it's two thousand eight, yeah. two thousand nine. Um, it premiered. After the Kids' Choice Awards, and uh, the rating of the first episode was a fourteen nine in the ratings in across the board. Fourteen nine, insane. Fourteen nine, fourteen nine was the number uh, of like of what the the um, just what's it called ratings were. Yeah, to give you Nielsen ratings. Of, yeah, scandal, scandal, which is like a huge show, gets yeah. like a four point five. Yeah, this is this is the numbers that like the Super Bowl gets, Be- and they shit. did it. They, they set us up in the most insane way. No show in history on Nickelodeon has ever beat that number, ever. So we're like... Well, I don't know if you remember a show called Nickelodeon's Guts. But, oh, well, <laughs> well, well, well. You got a 14-7 on, on season <laughs> three premiere. That's amazing. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, so we, because of that... We immediately were set up. We did 30 episodes first season, 25 second season. 
and uh, and then did a third and a fourth and a movie and all sorts of crazy shit. And it was like it was the weirdest ride I've ever had in my life. And it's still, still going. It's still well. It shows show is okay. done. Okay. We we did our finale about a year and a half ago. You got five seasons in five. Well, four four and a half. Four in a movie. Four and a, half, four in a mm-hmm. movie. And it airs. Every single day on the network, Cha-ching, in oh, right? oh yeah, oh, wait for this. God. Airs in a hundred and nine countries in fourteen different languages. Sesame Street wow. status, dude. Yeah, that's some serious shit. And, what? And, and get get ready to have your mind blown. You ready to have your mind blown? Yeah, fire away. Zero residuals. Wait, what? Nickelodeon had a deal set up in the eighties with AFTRA. Which set up that union, no yeah, actor on any of their shows, series regulars, no series regulars will ever receive a residual for any airing of an episode. What? How is that legal? Nickelodeon and Disney, they pulled the, they pulled it together with AFTRA and got because there were certain like labor laws and shit with AFTRA that they were yeah. trying to get around and they got around them. But in the process, we're able to cut out ever having to pay residuals Yo, forever. Wow. That is so and fucked it, up. And it fucking still exists. And I have never been paid a residual for that show. And I'll probably never see anything for it. Because again. even if they do work it out, they won't go back and pay everybody that right. had a no, show. And that'd, be, you know, that'd be billions of dollars at this point. For people who like, you know, like, think it sounds like, oh, you just want some money, asshole. Like, the show... It's not you know, like NBC. It didn't pay twenty five thousand an episode. It yeah, paid sure. a certain amount, and manager, agent, lawyer, people forget taking that, man. percentages, mm-hmm. and a publicist. Which everybody was like, "You got to get a publicist." <laughs> so then, publicist, and then government pulling out. Who taxes. was telling you that? Cookie <laughs> Monster. Cookie Monster. <laughs> you got to get the publicist and cookies. <laughs> I listened to go good. to the Christmas party to get cookies. <laughs> go get cookies. <laughs> so I. I did. I got. I got one, and I was paying a bunch of money. It was like, you know, you're you when you're on a show and you're working, you you live on that show like the show's never going to end, right? And and you know, like, and I really lived it up. I was doing some crazy shit, and I was I was flying girls in to to sleep with. I was flying girls wow. in from around the country. Wow. That, like I'd hooked. I'd met maybe like on a road gig, flying them in. Like, come on, baby, I got a place for you to stay. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm on a oh, hit TV yeah. show. I'm on a hit TV show. Lit, lit, you know. It's a children's hit TV show, but whatever, dude. You know? Hey, man, work is work, and guess what? To be on a hit TV show, yeah. does not happen a lot. Yeah. No, to no. be on, let me just let me start over. To be on a show that goes longer than a season doesn't happen a lot, right? Sure. So, um, and that's also a like demo and a fan base because that's, I mean. So the show was you played the uh, the road manager, right? I played the man, I played the record producer right. for the for the band for the four guys who were hockey show. players, and now they They're got hockey players who turn into music <laughs> sensations. <laughs> a boy band. And what was the name of the band? Big Time Rush. Yeah, that was the name, name of the, of the band, and I take those boys and I made them famous. <laughs> and you you were great. <laughs> you were great on it, though, man. Like I mean, it, it it makes sense why it did so well, and you were so beloved on that show because you were like. A because gr- you know all Nickelodeon and Disney shows are campy and cartoony a little bit, yeah. but mm-hmm. like, hey man, if you got great actors like on it, like yourself, then you're like, oh, oh dude, I'm serious, man. That. That's, that, really nice that's why uh, it's you know you took a larger than life character and at least like had it 
you know, grounded in some sort of like, oh, sure. you're watching like, oh, this guy is a record producer. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's funny. I actually um, I spoke bef- before right when I got the show, I called my old acting teacher from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. His name is Harvey Solon. Still around. I called this guy and I go, I go, Harvey, I just want I go, uh, Mr. Solon, I wanted to tell you I, uh, I booked a job. I booked I booked I booked a series regular job. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, Stephen, that is Terrific! What's the show, baby? What you what you book? What you book? I want to hear the show. Your acting coach is Al Pacino. Basically, <laughs> really close, real close. What's oh, the show Steve. about? Tell me, tell me everything. I want to hear everything. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I got a, I got cast. I'm going to be on a series regular on Nickelodeon. I'm playing a record producer. And he goes. Jesus Christ, Glickman. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Ruin your goddamn life with this bullshit? You're never going to see an honest moment of your life. It's going to be garbage forever. You're going to have to work so hard to ever find anything truthful in that god-awful garbage dump of a life. It's going to be a fucking horror show that you're putting yourself through. What a fucking mess. Why don't you just go perform on cruise ships, you cocksucker? Like, he was so angry at me and I was like whoa whoa man I was like it's a job he said it's, it's a job he goes yeah. it's barely a job it's barely a fucking job he goes your goal in your fucking life is going to be having to make that shit real because once you get there it's going to be fucking line readings and and he was 100% right no it was, I got to the got to the show mm-hmm. and it was it was like I had freedom on that show to create the character that I played yes. until the show started airing and once right. it started airing it was everyone else Nickelodeon gets execs come they down, clamped yeah. down. Right. But at that time, I had already developed a character enough so that I had some room to. On how you're going to deliver your how, lines? Yeah, I was yeah. going to do it. So here's it was who still this guy fun. is. They're like, yeah, here's who that guy is, but he's also this guy, right? Oh and, yeah, and sure. And you're like, but I, I don't think he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, I know, but Nickelodeon does. And you're like, oh yeah, you guys own this whole fucking. Oh god, dude. And for those who don't know what line readings are, yeah. are like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be it would be like uh like Brad here I'll I'll do it with yeah, you yeah. real quick uh, okay. the, the line the line was uh uh let's get those dogs to the recording booth All and right. and go let's get those dogs to the recording booth no 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 let's do a let's get those dogs to the recording booth okay okay let's get those dogs to the recording booth no let's get those dogs let's to the get rec- those dogs let's, no 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 listen listen to me okay, okay. let's Sorry. get let's those do- but but get is like a get get okay. get those dogs okay. to the recording booth let's get those dogs to the recording okay, so you're booth. just making you're making it you're not making it real so I, so I'm, to be, I, I, I feel again. like let's I'm just trying to do what you do those dogs to the recording like, do it again let's get those dogs to the recording booth okay do you need five minutes because you sound <laughs> it sounds I don't want to sound rude or anything but it sounds gay is what it sounds like it sounds like you're doing like a gay character i don't want you to do a gay character today that's a okay. different day that's what it would be like oh in the my, and i'd oh be like God. what are you talking about i'm doing the don't thing. do gay today like, no do, you you sound too much like you're doing like a will ferrell thing today don't do a will Ferrell. it was oh all, every day and like and these aren't acting coaches these no, are this yeah. is the Suits. creator of the show like give but uh, the thing was and god bless him he he edit, like he basically helped like edit every he knew every take that he wanted he knew every frame that he wanted he knew the way that he wanted yeah. it and he was an animation guy so he knew he was so used to controlling every single last moment that uh that getting us to break through that shit was sometimes a little tricky but 
fucking whatever like it was his show so we just yeah. we just did it and i never i never came i never complained or was like oh i want to do it my way which is what happens some of these kids they'd complain sure. and they get angry and shit and the kid upset. actors some of the kid actors would get upset about it and be like i'm trying to you know do something real and it's like you have to find a way <laughs> to do something real within the parameters of this guy's piece that he's created and is going to make millions of dollars on and it's his thing he created and you're just in it like if you're in jj abrams star wars you're not gonna fucking tell him how to do yeah i think chewbacca should you know know, Ah! i can't do that (laughs) that just sounded sounded like a guy in the produce (laughs) section of a grocery store with a fucking giant cucumber i want to buy these cucumbers Ah! Chewbacca's Jewish mother telling him to get a part. I wish I could do an impression of Chewbacca. Can I know. You Chewbacca? No, and that's uh, the first time I heard a comedian or whoever it was do that. Like, oh, yeah. like but yeah. I can't do. There's like a tongue roll, or like, I like can't a, do it either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I can't. I'm it. so envious of that. Like, uh, me too. Harlan Williams, I think, might be the first time I heard it, and I was like, oh, that's incredible. I want that skill. Yeah. Uh, the fandom of that show, though. I mean, Boom. like, like anything. Unlike Star anything. Wars? No. no. <laughs> Pretty much the same level. <laughs> hey, man. Pretty sure we can safely say that. That's kind of a sad thing. I mean, like, no, but you said, you know, you took advantage of the uh, of the popularity. But, I mean, sure. like, kids, I think, uh, and uh, that's why you see, um, you know, so many uh, Disney and Nickelodeon stars, like, blow up so quickly because the kids are... You know, buy are, are just wanting to buy everything, and they and they're and uh, with the YouTube videos and everything, it's like there's just so much more uh, opportunity for a quicker rise. And the right. kids, the if you have kids as your demo, like I feel like it's you know a home run. Yeah. So I mean, like are, they they took you to different heights. Yeah, kids uh, are very very overactive. They they you know mm-hmm. they they. Uh, if you ask them to tweet stuff, I, I have the the greatest fan base I could possibly ever imagine. They are the nicest, uh, not frustrating, not annoying, just great kids from all over the planet. What's the age range? Um, it, it's really bizarre, dude. It's like it starts at like six, seven, oh and goes mm-hmm. up to like twenty two. There's seven year olds tweeting you. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. There's seven-year-olds with Twitter accounts. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Absolutely. There's there's seven-year-olds tweeting me. There's there's, uh, but then like I go out. What's a seven-year-old tweet like? And I know that sounds like, super um, fucking creepy. No, yeah. it's like follow me. It's a lot of that. <laughs> follow me. Emoji, emoji, emoji. Follow me. You know, just a lot of. Here's a picture of my face. Here's a picture of my dog's face. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And then if I tweet anything that's a Offensive, it goes childhood ruined and it's like <laughs> a million childhood ruined childhood ruined. just like again and again and again and again and right. again. just a lot of that shit which i love getting like i love getting childhood ruined i think it's hilarious do they um uh okay so they but like i like to give you an idea i was at chipotle because i'm classy uh mm-hmm. having a little burrito love chipotle oh yeah and this uh these 22 year old chicks walk up both very pretty and they're like uh oh my god you I, I, you're from my childhood. Ooh. And that shit's crazy to me. Right. Because yeah. when the show aired, they were 15, and yeah. now they're in their and 20s. now they're legal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And, <laughs> and now they're legal. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they're, yeah, so that's a thing. I mean, and, like, you know, when the show was going, there was girls that I was hooking up with that were, like, 21, 20, yeah. 21. Sure. And they would, uh, they would say shit, like, we'd be 
at my place, like hooking up, and they'd be like, you know, it would be really great is if you called oh, no. one of the boys and asked them to come over too oh, and hang out. And I'd be no. like, oh my god, uh, I'm you're going one to hell. These. I'm going to hell. This oh, is the worst. This god. is what it feels like to be like the roadie for <laughs> yeah. new kids on the block or some <laughs> shit. So like, I knew, and you knew you were going to hell as you picked up the phone and said, hey, right. uh, hey, uh, this girl wants to say hi to you. Uh, <laughs> then I'm about to bang. Do you want to come over here and say hi to her? Uh, so yeah, you know, like there was like there's some uh, there was some awkward uh, there's some awkward situations. What's, there, what's right? the craziest? I mean, you have stalkers or just like uh, Beatlemania. Like you can't. I had there you were, walk out off the set and there's fans just I mean grabbing at you and there were some single moms who would come up with their kids that were like seventeen seventeen year old mm-hmm. girls and they'd come up and they'd go. Uh, Hey, um, the mom would be like, my daughters really, really want to meet James from the show. They really want to meet like one of the oh boy. one of the boys. Yeah. And I go, uh, well, he's on set, you know, or he's in his dressing room. Yeah, and she'd mm-hmm. be like, what would I have to do to get them into his dressing room? And I'd be wow. like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, you'd have to call the production office. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Up. Maybe you didn't hear me. What would I have to yeah. uh, uh, do? The mom, the mom would be like, I, I will. She do starts stuff. miming a fucking hand job. Yeah, or yeah. like, or like, and I was like, No, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then she'd be like, Well, I could pay you something. And can I pay? And like God. that kind of shit would happen. The craziest story though that I've ever experienced with that shit, and mm-hmm. this this one of the crazier ones because there's like. I slept with more single moms in the period of those five years. <laughs> well done, Graver sir. Glickman. Dude, well like done, crazy, sir. just crazy shit. Like I'd go to San Diego and single moms would come up to me in Starbucks and be like, "Hey, um, uh, my kids love the show, and uh, could I do? Do you want to maybe come by our place later and you could like say hi to our kids, uh, to, to my kids? Would you would you mind?" And I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, maybe. And they're like, um, you could come by at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> and I'd when be the like, kids are awake, wait, what? And they're like, why are the? Oh, all right, oh, okay, that's yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah, I, kids, kids I, uh, I fucked a single nickname. mom in her in her uh, uh, minivan and got goldfish <laughs> crackers stuck to my ass. And then and then, but it was you know, it was, oh, you guys will both appreciate this. It was at the Ontario Improv, <laughs> and and I'd done a set. I'd yeah. gone off stage. I had crushed. It was a Phil Verone show, one of those sex, yeah. drugs, and yeah. rock and roll shows. Yeah, I remember those shows. This comic was like this girl. This girl, like you know, was like all up on my ass. And then we we go out to her van and we start we start you know screwing around in her van. And then after it was done, she was like, "By the way, can you sign an autograph for my son?" And I was like, "What? And what do you like, say on what do you say on the autograph?" Hey, your mom is really friendly. Yeah, exactly. uh, I was like, thanks for the fishy crackers. Yeah. She didn't even watch my set. She hadn't even watched me do stand up. She had come, hung out with her friends, hung out at the bar. And then met me after the By show, the way, and like was like, "You're so funny." That said, that sentence you just said is, wow. is such a comic mentality. You yeah. got to have sex with a woman, and you're like, "But you didn't even watch my set." You didn't even watch yeah. my set. <laughs> How do you even know if I'm funny? That's validate me. Validate me in more other, than one way. Other please. than sex, validate me. Validate Tell me, me I'm funny. More than just uh, liking me on a show and having and and wanting to have sex with me, you also have to like my stand-up. So now, like, would your with those young fans? Uh, would they get offended Damn. if you were to tweet something out about like the Kim Kardashian like ass picture? Uh, and I have, I do, and it, it, it pisses, it just pisses them off. They, they go, they, they get, how- they well, they you know, they get like very like you're too much, you know, and or you don't. They want you to be something that you're not. They yeah. want you to be that character but, all the time. You know what's been really nice is that 
I've been doing stand up shows for the mm-hmm. last uh, couple of years at the improv, those, you know, those like all ages shows. Yeah, all oh, right. They, like, teen bring, tour shows. Like the teen tour yeah. shows. Yeah. And those fans have have gone on to like spread out. And when I went to New York to do Gotham, we yeah. opened it to like 16 years old and up and we sold out. And it was all like it was all like 17 to like 20 something year old kids that were like super excited to see me talk about dirty shit on stage. I was just going to say, do yeah. you cater your stand up to no. them because of like, no, no, no. and you talk Not about anymore. the show a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah. I talk about it a little bit. Like, you know, I've got like a couple, couple mean stories about each, each guy on the show <laughs> right. that, that are kind of fun to yeah. kind of slam down. And they love hearing that. They it, love, it's it's they like, love the, it's like, the, like we said before, like some of the Saget stuff, like they like to see a guy yeah. who had such a wholesome, clean cut. They want to, they want to see you be a little like, off sure. Kilter. Oh, sure. That's why when, I mean, Drew Carey, I think I saw him when he was uh, first started doing the price of right. And he would be at the improv and talk about like uh just like those fucking idiots like people who if they would screw up a pricing game and he was just like shitting on them but it was right, like yeah. Yeah, people really liked seeing oh cool he's still just a dude he's yeah. still con- <laughs> he's still drew carey who right. wrote who wrote a book called dirty jokes and beer right which is one of, which is one of my favorites and yeah, sure. yeah like he still he still has that edge to him and because and that's what i i think a lot of your fans maybe don't realize and are probably starting to realize now is that you came from the world of stand-up comedy and you weren't clean no no you remember like i'm yeah, not i mean I i'm not remember. a tell but like i'm not sure. you know i'm 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 a little i'm a little dirty yeah, yeah. Just I've, always... got some, I've got some grit i've got some grit in there i've got some gritty shit when did you, you start at the comedy store out here that's when i, yeah, think like, I first met you yeah we met piano. The, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh my god dude, yeah, dude how crazy yeah and him and me met even earlier right we, we met on, on uh, some film some yeah, in, this, some independent movie some independent movie i was like trying to produce this indie movie that yeah. with like drug money from some mob guy or some bull <laughs> I've got a weird I, life, man. It's I remember that producer. Weird. Yeah, you remember that guy? He was yeah. creepy as shit. He was basically every stereotype of like a, a Hollywood drug dealer going, I'm 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 gonna make a movie now. And it's yeah. it, it was it was really weird. Yeah, I think we've all I think weird. we've all done a job like that. Or yeah. been involved oh, yeah. in a on a set where the guy's like uh you said no, do you think you can bring some lights tomorrow for this? You'd be like, <laughs> right. I think the lights are we're, we're running out of power and you're like what, me? Like, yeah, the yeah. Actor? Like, you said yeah. like you said like you, you you'll bring it. Like you said you'll. Br- yeah, I meant like I'll bring like my. Like I'll, I'll bring it like acting wise like I'll, I'll definitely step up my right. game and deliver in this scene. No, but you said like on all on all fronts you said like you really you do anything to get this film done and like if you could throw on like 200 bucks we need some like craft service money and you're like what the fuck is going what? on here? Yeah, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Th- those guys are the creepiest. Wait, so you, you said you've had a crazy life. I, I saw like nine <laughs> stories in your head as you said that sentence. It, it just it's like You've been it's, in Hollywood how long? I've been in Hollywood since 1997. Mm-hmm. So it's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. And you didn't book the show till 2009. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's a there's a period of time right. there where uh, you know, like I had no, I had, my education was all. Uh, I went to an at home schooling private school with a like one teacher, one student for high school, which they basically just let you skate by by doing like weird little like weird shit. You know, like my education was real loose. You know, like very creative and weird. But I've been playing. You know, I've been playing piano for yeah. 30 years You're incredible i can play anything oh 
stop it. You um, are. <laughs> but, but like, you know, like, uh, I didn't go to film school. Like, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts here in LA AMDA, and then yeah. AMDA in New York, the American oh, nice. Musical Dramatic Academy in New York. Would you do a lot of musical stuff in the school? Um, yeah, I did a lot of musicals at the school and stuff. Why don't you write a musical? Why don't you write? You have so many, like, just doing all those voices of people in your family. Like, I know that it sounds so like, do a one act show with, like, those voices. I, we've but, talked dude, about it. But I've you're so good with that stuff. Like, every uh, person you've uh, personified in your life, Brad and I have just been like watching. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm I'm watching that person. And you throw in the musical element, dude. Like, it would be unbelievable. It could be. Really and good. also just the contrast of being like, you know, like the Nickelodeon show is the under. I mean, having that as the backdrop, and then like, but all this other shit, and like what you're about to tell us right now of some of the crazy stories of the ten years before that. I mean, it's. There, it's some weird stuff, man. Like, did you have weird jobs that you worked? That's oh, I mean, a good I worked idea. at. It's a I, good idea. For yeah, I worked at Universal Studios for eight years. That was what my did day you job. Do? I was Wolverine for two years. No. Then I hosted the Fear Factor live show. Then I was a what? tour guide on the tram on the backlot tour. You did that job for eight years. Dude. That's one of the. That's one of the few jobs I've never gotten to do that I've always wanted to do. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. It was a great stand-up, uh, you know, prerequisite. Tons of like, crowd work. Yeah. yeah, it was five hour-long shows for two hundred strangers a day from all over oh, the world. My God. And I would abandon my bits. They would give me albums of of material. Like, you know, when you go through earthquake and there's a stall because in the summertime they get backed up. So you have to have all this knowledge. But I would make up shit or I would like I would say like, I, you know, if I had a big bus of like Japanese tourists, I'd point to bushes after we'd leave Jaws and be like, if you look off to your left, folks, you see a bunch of bushes that were in the film. Uh, bushes one. Uh, and of course, bushes two. attack of the bushes. You might remember, <laughs> you might remember that scene when Al Pacino was like, oh, we got to get away from these bushes. And uh, fucking 200 Japanese tourists would take no pictures of bushes. Way. That's amazing. And they like, go home with your Yeah. Show their family. Did you get in trouble for that? Or yeah, no? one time uh, one of my bosses rode, they would surprise you and, and evaluate you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you can't be making up facts. She's like, you got that album of facts. I'm like, yeah, but nobody wants to hear. Like, it's more fun. And like, after a while, it was like trying to, like, almost like trying to make the comics laugh in the back of a comedy club. I was right. the driver who drives the tram every day. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's like some new shit because a lot of people would do the same. Same standard tour, and like when I was when I would go on Jaws, I would like lose it, dude. I would freak out. I made a kid cry once because I got so you know I just graduated from USC acting school. In my oh, head, I'm like, wow. I'm gonna put this degree to use. <laughs> I'm an actor. So I'm like, gonna make them believe this shark is going to attack us. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. So most people would just be like, oh, you know the Jaws. Oh, we gotta get out of the water. Come on, guys. You know, and I would fucking lose it, man. <laughs> I would shit. I would lose it. Like getting out of the tram, like breaking down, like. Terrified face as if like I just saw my family fucking brutally murdered. Oh my and, god! And people like and the kids started crying once, and then I had to, and then I was like, all right, man, hey, pull it back. Like you're <laughs> you're at a theme park. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, he, like hey, Sa- Sally Field, you can never do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what were some of the uh, crap jobs you had? Oh man. Um, well, there's a couple. Uh, one, uh, the, probably my favorite is uh, when I first got to, you know, started getting into stand up. I was, uh, I was, I started doing stand up at the Canoga Park Bowling Alley. Uh, wow. With like uh, all these, all those guys yeah. back in the day, yeah. and uh, I didn't. I was I was on tour doing an off-Broadway musical called A Stoop on Orchard Street, which is like one of the worst <laughs> pieces of shit a ever stoop written. A Stoop on Orchard Street. Oh, God. It was about like, uh, it was like Fiddler on the Roof, like a continuation to Fiddler. It was like this horrible, like, uh, like uh, we're living in the worst neighborhood for Jews. <laughs> <laughs> the 
the worst neighborhood for Jews. There's the Irish cop who's gonna beat me in the head. The worst neighborhood for Jews. Like, just the worst. I'm trying to get a visa. You know, just the worst shit. Oh, no. Oh Did you hear that Uncle Morty died on a boat coming over from Russia? <laughs> Poor Uncle Morty died in a boat. Just like the worst thing that's ever Cause happened. Because it's the worst neighborhood for Jews. <laughs> we, would, we would tour around the country. Can I we, find that song on iTunes? No, you probably can. Oh, my God. I'm Everywhere that we went around the country, everywhere that we went, we would only perform for a weekend and then we'd leave. So there'd be no oh reviews. Uh, we'd never see a review. And then the reviews started coming out. You just this get is, it and get out. This is before, like, this is, you know, during the, you know, when, like, before YouTube, this is, like, in the in the beginnings of the, where the internet started getting really exciting. Yeah, that so, was, like, late 90s, Late right? 90s, early 2000s, yeah. where, like, people would start, you could go online and you could read things from other, you know, from everywhere. And right. I, we started Google search. It was, like, the beginning of Google maybe okay. so i started google searching our show and reviews started popping up oh, shit. and they'd be like this is the worst thing that's ever come to st louis <laughs> ever like the chicago fire was worse for chicago <laughs> than this horrible horrible thing just like the the you know the worst the worst play ever and i got a review once uh, at the chicago sun times <laughs> they said uh this is the worst thing that's ever happened to chicago um <laughs> steven glickman was loud that's all they said about me. And I was like, oh my God. It was just bad. The whole show was so bad. So we end up here in Los Angeles. We're sitting in a, in a fucking Canoga Park bowling alley in the, in the hotel connected to the bowling alley. Oh, God. Um, uh, and, and then they're like, oh, by the way, if, uh, if you don't want to shoot crystal meth, you can go to the bowling alley bar where they have comedy. And I was like, oh, I like comedy. I grew up watching stand-up and being a huge stand-up fan. In and Canada, then, too, you have the best well, of the best. Yeah. Like, well, stand-up, Canada as a kid and then, um, and then as a, you know, for the most part of my life, I was in San Diego, oh, which is not that far away, you know, right. from here. Yeah, got so the like, La Jolla Comedy Store there too. Sure, and, and we used to sneak into La Jolla. Com- my mom used to sneak me into La Jolla to watch comics. There was a couple, uh, the Improv that was down there, yeah, yeah. with their black and white tile floors. My mom used to sneak me in the back, and I get to watch comics. I had like thirteen. Good for your mom, dude. oh yeah. man, she was she's she's the coolest mom. So they like um, they would you know I, I I got really into it. I used to memorize Pauly Shore's album and like uh, and what's his name Eddie Murphy and. Yeah. Uh, and what's his name? Uh, Dennis Leary, No Cure for yeah, Cancer. No cure for that cancer. album, huge, huge Great deal album. for me. Right. And um, and then like a couple George Carlin albums, I was like really into as a kid. And anyways, I was like, oh, I'll go watch these comics. And so I watch. First comic gets up on stage. Uh, his name uh, was um, sh- oh, God. Is, uh, Sheldon Tuck. This is at the, Sheldon, bowling, Tuck. This is at the bowling alley. Yeah. The bowling alley. And this guy, Sheldon Tuck, who's such a sweet guy, uh, he goes on stage. And I, uh, as he's doing his act, I start heckling him. And I'm with my friends <laughs> the, from the play. And we just start heckling this poor guy. And we're, we're, laugh- we're getting laughs on our heckles. And he's, he's not happy. Yeah. He, he gets off and he brings up Matt Walker who has been my best friend now for about 12 years. Incredible. He goes up and he fucking roasts me in my table in front of everyone and kills. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to do that. What he's doing. (laughs) I want to do this. And so I go over and I talk to him. He's doing what I, like being the heckler was not. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. he, he, He quickly made it like, made you see that like, 
There's no career in being an asshole in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like he was like, you, you know, don't fucking do this shit. You want to do this shit? You got to fucking come up here and do it. And so I, the, the following week, I went up and did my first set. And uh, I tried it out on my, uh, my ex-girlfriend over the phone. And she told me I wasn't funny. And I was like, <laughs> perfect. I was like, good. Well, then that's a good start. Yeah. You what was the, do you remember some of the bits you tried out? Uh, my first joke, I'll never forget it. My first joke was, uh, so I was fucking this Mormon. <laughs> Did you preface it with, like, no, nope. I just want to let you guys know I'm a clean comic. I don't yeah. like to do their stuff. I'm very religious. Sure. Uh, anyway, so I was, fu- you know. I started with, I was, I was fucking this Mormon. It's never a good idea. Oh, no, so I said, I'm fucking this Mormon. And uh, <laughs> when I said that, this old man at the bar goes, you aren't fucking anything, you fucking you fat piece of shit he just yells that at me and the whole room gets quiet all my friends yeah. are watching and i go every time my dad comes to see me do stand-up yeah. and i got yeah. a big laugh yeah, for sure and i was like and it was like first time on stage and yeah. that came out of me first time for like first minute on stage and i was like okay um okay back to the joke and then i was like so i uh i, I was fucking this mormon <laughs> which is funnier to go back to it now. right now they want to hear it because right. they're like cool we saw him dude yeah. that's like the it was like the, a test like yeah. hey man can you handle something weird and if you can right off the bat and make it self-deprecating like that then they're like all right all right man sure what's up like what do you got yeah. to say mm-hmm. so the first joke was uh so i was fucking this mormon it's never a good idea to fuck someone who already thinks you're going to hell <laughs> That there was the joke. Go. That nice. was it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like from there on it was like, you know, I don't remember everything else. But that And it was fucking Jehovah's was, Witnesses. Yeah. And so it was fucking Buddhists. You <laughs> never right. fucked anything. Come on, Grandpa. With the joking again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um I, I decided to quit the tour and just live in like stay in LA. And this guy uh um uh, let me like move onto his couch like a comic, and I lived with him and this other guy, Mike Miratori, and we lived together in this in this little weird place. And uh, I was like, I need to get a job. And this guy, Anthony Ramos, this this buddy of mine, comic, um, uh, was like, Hey, you know what? Uh, you could get a job at my factory that I work at. And I was like, Oh yeah, w- oh, okay. And he was like, It's a it's an oil factory. So it's it's a way out in Sun Valley, but you could come work in this oil factory. And I was like, yeah, uh, how much does it pay? He's like, uh, like $8 an hour. I was like, perfect. That sounds amazing for me. <laughs> yeah. Great. So I got a job at, the, at an oil factory. And when I showed up, I thought it was like an oil rig factory. Right. And it wasn't. It was a perfume factory mm. for witches. <laughs> it was a place called wow. the Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. And it was all fat goth chicks and a couple <laughs> hot goth chicks, but mostly morbidly obese goth chicks. Who thought they were witches. Who thought they were witches oh making God. little tiny bottles of perfume and everything smelled like fucking patchouli oil. <laughs> and, and I worked there for three years. Oh. And it was rough. <laughs> and I was terrible at it. Like, I got fucking fired like six times. I would fuck things up. I'd put the wrong oil in the wrong bottle. Model, or I put the label on wrong, or like it was I'd like fucking a science, huh? To oh make god, this dude, I fat was so, goth perfume. They they fired me so many times and demoted me so many times that the last job I had there was right before I got Shrek, and it was I was all I was doing was shredding papers. I just sat there and shredded papers in a paper shredder, and and here's a here's a great story. Guess how many uh, paper shredders I broke. Four. <laughs> Four paper shredders I broke. How does that even putting, happen? I put too many papers in. 
Could or you, I would Lord. experiment. Like, hey, can you put a candle in a? <laughs> <laughs> what happens when wax goes through a paper shredder? We'll find out. You're like a bo- yes. you're like a you're like a guy who's been married for seventy years. Can you put this in there? And what else can we put in that thing? Uh, whole. That's so, yeah, uh, lots of crappy jobs. I worked at a gay club as a bouncer. I worked at <laughs> I Rage. Gonna- as a, on wow. Santa Monica. I know that club. Wait, why do I know that club? I, what the fuck? <laughs> Were you dancing there? Yeah, you know. By the way, I would <laughs> like to make see a buck. both you guys bouncing at Rage. Oh, God. I think it could happen. Like, I, that's, a, that's a show, by the way. It I, really is. I think I could sit on top of your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's a good And then idea. I'm, like the, I, I'm, I'm like the mouth, and then you're the muscle, which sounds really weird at a gay bar. But it's a, it's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's a super idea. You know what though? Well, I did. What was uh, it like? I did. Um, they I did, loved you. They loved you because well, you're so sweet and like don't. And gay men like. Um, uh, you're a bear. You're a bear. I'm a bear. Right? I'm yeah. a bear. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I just got to play a bear for the first time in my whole career, and I had to be shirtless for it on Workaholics. I was Adam's right. gay lover on on the show, and for the finale of last season, and it was. It was cool, amazing. Right? What was so cool is when I went in, they were like a uh, flaming gay, kind of like super, super gay character. And I was mm-hmm. like, like immediately, you know, just kind of went back in my head. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, this is how it sounds like this. It's this is how it it's supposed to Because you've seen that. Yeah. Like, I know what they're rage. like. Like, I know what these guys are like. They're mm-hmm. not they're not like the big dudes are not like that. No, like, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're tough guys and they just like they just like dudes. So I played it that way and played it very straight. And, 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 and then I got it. Good and it was you, super rad. Trust in your gut, man. Your trust in your gut. You got to mm-hmm. trust your instincts. You, ha- you have to, man. Absolutely. Uh, so okay. Um, so the g- give us before we close this out a no. great uh, bouncing at rage story. Oh my god! Because yeah. you're breaking up fights, right? Or are there no fights? Cat every, fights. Because every time They're... I drive down Santa Monica Boulevard uh, and it's nighttime and mm-hmm. I see the gay clubs going off, I feel like there's just no problems. It's like it seems the like only a problem is how. You know, am I going to see too many of my friends tonight? <laughs> yeah. Uh, am I going to have not enough time to drink because I'm catching up with all my buddies? You know, it's a, it was a pretty... It was a pretty gnarly place to work, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I originally got the job there because they have a drag queen show there called Dream Girls, which is like the best drag queens in the world performing oh on stage together. Yes. And I was the opening act for the show. I'd go up on stage. <laughs> and you opened for Dream Girls? I opened for Dream Girls. Wow. And I would go it. up on stage, and they had a piano on stage, and I would sit at the piano, and I would sing uh, like – in a suit, I'd wear a suit and tie, and I would sing like whatever the audience threw out at me. I would just sing request after request. That's after request, incredible, right? Mm-hmm. So much fun. And uh, and then one week I showed up, and the piano was gone. And I was like, "Where's That's the piano? my power? Like, Where's my piano?" And yeah. they were like, "They're like, oh, someone couldn't. We sold it." So <laughs> I was like, "Well, what am I supposed to do now?" And they're like, "I don't know. <laughs> you could." Go home, I guess. And I was like, "Well, I need a job." Like yeah. I was getting paid. I was getting paid like a hundred bucks a night. And they're like, "Well, you could still get paid a hundred bucks a night, but you'd be a bouncer if you want to do that." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I guess." So, what do you have to do for that? And they're like, "You stand there, I guess." I don't. I don't know. It's the greatest just, business plan ever. Just don't. Just be. Just stand around, I guess. And we're all black, so just don't. And try to just be. Just try to not to get into fights. Can you gain like ninety pounds in your neck? Yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I don't look. Everyone else looked gigantic. Yeah, and it was you know, and and so I worked there for a year and a half as a wow. as a bouncer, and it was, it was 
fucking crazy, man. There were fights all the time and people punching each other in the face. Over and what? Over crazy shit. <laughs> I, I got, I, 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 you know, my, like my mom basically called me up and was like, you're fucking quitting that job. Like she, she got very upset with me mm-hmm. because, uh, I would call him and be like, my lips busted. Like, I got a busted lip from getting punched in the mouth by some fucking dude because he was drinking and he was underage. And I was like, you can't drink. You're underage. And then he'd fucking pop me in the face. What? Or, like, there was dude. a time where, like, there was this little Asian dude. I'll never forget this. There was, like, this little Asian dude. And uh, and I was like, hey, um, I was like, what are you, I was like, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you doing, man? And he had his hand on some other guy's ass, mm-hmm. but he was like, they were dancing together, but he was like going through the guy's wallet, which was in his Ooh. pants. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And the guy was like, "The guy was like, nothing. Fuck off. Leave me alone." And then put his hand back in the guy's pants, and then kept reaching for his wallet. And I saw him fucking pull the dude's credit card out of his wallet. Oh shit! And I was wow. like, "Hey!" And he ran. And it was uh, we were on the second floor, and he ran, and I chased him. And he jumped down a flight of five stairs, landed, style. landed, and then ran, and then jumped another flight of five stairs. And when he landed, he looked back at me flying down <laughs> five stairs onto him. Hit, went, put, he put him face first into the floor, took the credit card out of his hand, put it in my pocket. Dragged him Said, by the. Sorry, we don't accept debit. <laughs> yeah, we don't accept debit here. <laughs> Grabbed him by the back of his pants and dragged him and threw him out of the club. Physically threw him out, and it was like one of the. I'm saving, I'm saving dudes' wallets. Yeah. So it <laughs> yeah. was like it was like shit like that. Like one time I was working and a, a, a dude, a little dude, was drinking, and I was like, dude, you can't drink, man, you're underage. And he was like, he was like, tell my boyfriend. And I was like, I was like, hey, you can't. And I turned to this dude who was like a big giant big brother and he was mm-hmm. like he was like six nine oh, and man. i was like he can't drink he's like he's gonna drink whatever he wants and i was like well he can't like and i i was like i was like you guys both gotta get out of here and i touched the dude the big dude on the on the shirt and he punched me in oh. the top of the head like a clobber <laughs> fist like fucking like the hulk like yeah, clobber yeah, fist yeah. to the head and i went i went like down like a sack of potatoes and i and wow. i had a big i was black and blue on the top oh my of my god my dude. forehead and my eye and my mom uh, happened to see me that weekend, and she was like, "You're, you you're got, quitting." She's like, "You got quit." Nobody I, knows how much physical abuse goes down at a gay nightclub. Oh, it's this really, like it's really rough, yeah. man. It was a crazy place to work because you're always are violent. And being crazy. a bouncer is just you're like a recess teacher. You're like yeah. a patrol. You're just like saying you can't do that. It's and your no, job, and, and, no, and, no, and no one's ever happy to see you no, yeah, no, no, no one's ever like no. oh great a bouncer that's the reason that i liked <laughs> i liked working at blockbuster back in the day and this is a, this is a weird this is weird but like working at blockbuster rest in peace, blockbuster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace yo um <laughs> hollywood video and blockbuster i worked at both those nice, places and man. i liked working at video stores so much because no one ever comes into a video store because they're unhappy right they're you like know? we're gonna get a movie they're, they're like guess right. what i'm about to have the greatest night of my life yeah, yeah. because because yeah. there's no way to see uh, cool Runnings on TBS right now. Sure. TBS doesn't exist. Right. I have to go get Cool Runnings and bring it into my life. You and that's what it. a video store is. Yeah. And everyone there is couples or people by themselves. You see one dude in the, in the fantasy aisle and you're like, 
You're going to fucking get never-ending story? He's like, I don't know, man. I just fucking, like, it's one of those nights where my chick's out of town. I'm just thinking about watching, uh, I might get Flight of the Navigator. I just want to have a, a nice movie night for myself. You're like, cool, man. Like, that's cool that we're all here because we love movies. And yeah. the person behind the desk loves movies, and they'll give you recommendations. Oh, I used to love doing that. You mm-hmm. know, my favorite was... Uh, um, there was a movie called Melvin Goes to Dinner, and uh, which is a really weird movie. Pull pull it up real quick I'm, if you can. I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah. Uh, By the way, it sounds like the spinoff from the There are not enough Jews in the neighborhood. <laughs> There's not enough Jews for Melvin. Uh, no, what he's going was, to dinner tomorrow night. Me, what's it called Melvin? What? Melvin goes to dinner. Okay. Um, but but pull this up real quick because you'll appreciate it. The okay. the director um, yep. of it Who's is the director Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, but oh, who, shit. who uh, who's the main guy? Michael Blyden. Go to Michael Blyden real quick and okay. click on him. So so here's the here's the cool thing. This movie, super small indie movie, and the uh, the one of the the girl in the cast is the is the girl with the the that everyone goes for Halloween as the the progressive. Girl, oh, the yeah. white, white outfit with the hair. Yeah. She, you know, she's a real. Yeah, she was an actress. Stephanie Courtney. Stephanie, Stephanie Courtney. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was in this movie. It was one of her her first movies. Yeah. and I saw the movie, and then uh, Michael Blyden, who right? was in it, uh, his uh, he's directed like a million things. Do you have his uh, comedians of comedy? Joe Rogan's special. Zach Galifianakis live at the Onion. Yeah, uh, great guy. Yeah, great guy. Uh, super high me. Yeah, nice. so I'm a big I'm a big fan of him, and he was the lead guy in it. And the movie was about a guy. I know we're we're running over time, but I'll just say oh, good, yeah. no worries, man. the movie was about a guy who's a uh, who's a uh, uh, girlfriend um, is like a he's like helping a girl cheat on her husband. Basically, he's like sleeping with a girl who's married. Yeah, and like she's keeping him a secret, and he's he's trying not to be. He's trying to be. He's tired of it, but it's like he's still continue doing it. Anyways, by the way, the cast is, of this movie is insane. Amazing cast. Jen, uh, Jenna Fisher from The Office. Kristen Wiig, Fred Armisen, Laura oh Keitlinger, uh, Jerry Minor, uh, ooh, Drew Hastings, and Christian Finnegan. It's an movie? awesome movie, but it came out it's when nuts. I worked at Blockbuster Video. Yeah, and I uh, I called um, I I called my rep and I was like, "Hey, we're, we're out of this movie. We need to get more copies." And we only had one copy, and they were like, "Um, all right." They told us to only order one per store, and I was like, "No, no, we need like ten or fifteen yeah. copies." So our blockbuster had fifteen copies of this weird little indie movie, and I you pushed it on I everybody, pushed it on everybody to watch mm-hmm. it because people come in sometimes going, "What's out? What's new?" Right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and you go, "Melvin goes to dinner. Go get Melvin." That was your go to every time, every yeah. time. Go, 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 go. And I push people to that one. Like, and Does it have I'm, Harrison Ford in it? You're like, just open your fucking mind to something. Trust new and different. me, watch yeah. this movie. You're like, fuck, made in. Manhattan. We're not watching Made in Manhattan. <laughs> yes. I would take Made in Manhattan and I throw it in the garbage. I was like, "You're not watching this movie." <laughs> or, or put Melvin goes this, to dinner yeah, in the case. This yeah. is the move. This is what you watch. You <laughs> yeah. watch this. Mm-hmm. That one and the Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That's yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. One of the greatest movies. Sam yeah. Rockwell's the shit. Amazing. So Michael Blyden and me are friends now. Awesome. And when I met him, the first thing I said to him was, "When I worked at Blockbuster, I made them order more copies of your movie." And he was like, "I can't believe that's a huge you did compliment." That. And yeah. then he told other cast members, and they were like, "What? Like <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy." So and great. so like it meant something to me because it's like. You know, I love how sometimes in life you go through these giant weird circles. Like me and Brad, when we first met, yeah. like we shot together in a fucking um, what was that restaurant? 
I don't know. It was like a Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. I, yeah. He shot at a Buca de Beppo. <laughs> I was just about to say as a joke, Buca de Beppo, because that's, that's yeah. my go-to like funny restaurant. Yeah. And that's where we shot. At 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yep. Nice. And it was like you, me, and then like two <sighs> brothers yeah. who, were also, who were also like, they were little people. Yeah, brothers. yeah, yeah. And it was a restaurant. The idea was is that it was a restaurant that only uh, served and was operated by little people. And that mm-hmm. was the that was the. Please get that fake reality show. <laughs> oh my god! Sold. I'm not even kidding, and I might edit this out of the podcast so we can actually all write that. Right. That's fucking brilliant. It was dude. rad. It was a rad scene in a movie where a guy takes his girlfriend to uh, to a, uh, takes a girl to a restaurant that's exclusively for little for, people. For little people. And, and it yeah. was it was such a cool. I we were you know we tried so hard to get this movie made, and uh, I I didn't know anything about anything. I got a million letters of intent from a bunch of really cool actors that I thought would like help the you know help the yeah, movie happen, sure. and uh, that I was like. Reaching for, and one of them to give you an idea was Jason Mewes, who is now like a buddy from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, yeah. And when I when I met him like for the first time in real life, like uh, we were shooting Big Time Rush, and he was the stage over shooting something else. And I was like, "Hey, I wrote a script that you wrote a letter of intent for to help me sell that we couldn't get made." And he was like, "What was the movie?" And I told him, and he was like, "Oh my god, I fucking remember that part. That was this guy and this thing." So it's like. This wow. town is so weird. You yeah. end up running into the same people and working with the same people. You stick with it long yeah. enough. Yeah, because we're all trying to hustle. Yeah, and the and they're talented, wonderful, talented people that mm-hmm. you get to like keep hanging out with. What have you? I just just as we wrap this up because I, I feel like we're going down that path. But like, yeah. you know, you now almost twenty years in the business. Sure, right. Yeah. So I mean, like, what and and uh, you know, go having enough time to where you're trying to like build your brand and yourself, and then having. Uh, getting a lot of great success, and now the show is over. So now you're looking for the next thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, what have you? Like, what can you? Because uh, you seem very happy and content, and yeah. still grinding, and like, and yeah. obviously opportunities are going to keep coming your way. And I think you should write this fucking one man show. Sure, I think it's yeah. brilliant, and I kind of want to help you on it. Uh, but like, what would you? What would you say you've like learned from like just or? Well, you know, or I, you would I, say to people that are like just getting going that you just have you know the mindset of. Because persistence is huge, I feel like. That uh, can't be said enough because, you know, you hear these people that hit 20 years in or, you know, it took Clooney 10 failed pilots before he got ER. It's like you just have to, like, stick it out and, like, let yeah. time be your best friend. Absolutely. And, and you have to be sure that, like, when the opportunity does happen and you do get in the room that you've got the shit to back it up. Like you have to have the education and the, and the like people put off, you know, say like, Oh, going to acting school is stupid. Or why would I go to film school? I'm making movies already and whatever. It's like, you know, whether you are reading books on to how to educate yourself as an actor or as a, as a writer, producer, whatever it is like um, working in the field, uh, is always a super great education and is, uh, is you know, people say that that's the best education is, is working in the business. But knowing the shit too, you know, knowing yeah. knowing it from reading and from going to school and learning stuff. And watching all the comedies. And, yeah, and watching like, like I'm always so surprised when I talk to like executives and they're like, um, I mention, uh, you know, a, a TV show that's out right now that's airing right now and it's a comedy and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're you trying to reference to, it as like in your comedy, yeah, that you're in pitching my, and yeah, like, in my thing. I'm and they're like, I don't know that show, and you're like, how do you not know? It's this? your job to, yeah. yeah. You should try. I, I try to know. Uh, this is for, just for me. Anytime I go to an audition, I try to know 
what show that person has produced or made, what have they directed, what have they written, what are their, you know, learn the styles of everybody so that, like, you know, you can survive in the business. Yeah. But, you know, um, honestly, uh, going with your instinct and being, um, not being embarrassed of being creative and weird, that is the biggest fight for me, uh, 100%. Sometimes uh, putting the cart before the horse I, I put the cart before the horse uh, constantly. And I'm like I'm like, hey, I got this. I'm doing this thing, yeah. and I'm doing it with this guy, you know. And then and I and then I have to call the guy and be like, we're doing a thing, you know. <laughs> and like you know, like that that's paid off for me uh, numerous times where like I know I've got you know a, a good web of uh, mm-hmm. of good people that I I can work with, and, which is also huge. Like finding a, yeah. finding the people like and you you and not find, being selfish too. Yeah. Like sharing credit, and when you get paid, when someone when someone is giving you, I'm sorry to, to cut you. No, off. this is great. This this is also super important to me. Is that like um, when I get a, and I I'm very lucky in that I have uh, three hundred thousand something people follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So companies like McDonald's or you know you know whatever you know you know Anheuser Busch will contact me and be like, hey, we want you to make a video for us or awesome. or, or make something for us, and we'll give you. A, $5,000 to go do this. Done. I will take that 5000 and I will budget it out like it's a real movie, and I will hire people for their rate or for as close to their rate as I can, and I'll pay people, you know, like what I would want to be paid yeah. so that everyone feels like they're not being right. screwed over. Yeah. yeah. And like, I love that you do that because everyone's time is, is money, and like, and absolutely. if you, and you, you pay for what you get, and if you want guys that are like dope at what they do, even a little bit of a gesture like that when you're like, it's not a lot, but like I'm letting you know that like, yeah, I want I, this is how much I want your your skills involved. Totally, I'm about to shoot something with Fred Stoller. You know Fred Stoller, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fred, and I think uh, Kira Saltanovich if nice. she's if she's available for one of the days, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna knock it out all that's out awesome. one day. But like to get that's a that was like you know one of those uh one of those super cool weird things where like I'm super active in the you know online and um met uh, a guy this is how weird my life is and i'm gonna just end it with this yeah, okay. to, because because this is the real this is the real shit um a i i got uh i went to a gifting suite which is like for actors you know you go uh to this thing and to they an give you a bunch show, of free, free shit stuff. because yeah, it's yeah. awards yeah. show season companies right. will give you free weird stuff so i went to a award show thing and some company goes here we're gonna give you um this uh, laser light show that is like green lasers that shoot out in your backyard and yes, it looks please. like fireflies in your backyard. I was like, that sounds awesome. I would love to have that. Mm-hmm. I get it home and I'm looking at it and I'm playing with it and I'm trying different things with it. And, you know, what does it look like when I hit it against a mirror? What does it look like if I move it, you know, right. towards a camera, away from a camera? Like, and I'm messing with it. What and happens I'm like, when I watch it while I listen to the entire <laughs> Phil Collins greatest hits album? Right. Like, <laughs> what do I look like covered in green lights in the dark? You yeah. know, like, and I'm like, messing with a million different ways and then i'm like oh my god you know what i want to do is i want to attach like 10 of these to my car and everywhere i drive it'll look like i'm in the matrix wow good like call, how cool good call exhibit yeah. yeah i was like that's a super weird thing right <laughs> yeah and i tell my girlfriend she goes oh cool so you want to go to prison is that what you're saying <laughs> and i was like son of a bitch and she was like there's no way that you can do that like, yeah. that's against the law you can't do it mm-hmm. and uh so i called my buddy matt and i was like well you know i was like fucking my girlfriend won't let me do this thing can you believe she doesn't think lasers on the back of my car is a <laughs> sweet idea such a sweet idea and he goes steven you'll go to jail You'll get arrested. Yeah. He goes, the only way you can do it is if it was like in a movie or something. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I called the company. I'm like, hey, 
I, like, I don't even know who these guys are. I just call them up. I'm like, hey, guess what? Boom. I have this idea. I want to make something cool with your lasers. What? <laughs> yeah. Do a short film. We'll put fucking lasers in it. And it'll be like super cool. Like some, some sort press. of like cool. Yeah. Like a, like a little, it'll be like a thing. We'll send it to festivals and it'll be like, you know, aliens yeah. or something. A lot Alien. of keywords in there. Festivals. Yeah, festivals. Right. You guys help. You guys Promo, help. Boost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You pay for it. I make it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we yeah. do it super cheap. Yeah. You know, words, words, words. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like an interesting uh, thing. How much would you need to make it? And I was like, I need seven thousand dollars i don't even know what it is i don't even know what i'm making and they were like uh no we can't do it for that and i was like all right well how much can you do it for and they gave me a much 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 lower number (laughs) and i was like okay i I guess i can do it for that and like and i was like all right uh and they were like but first we want to meet you so come down to our office and come meet us (laughs) and see all the lasers we're in escondido which is far from la yes down in san diego area so me and a buddy me and matt we drive down to Escondido on the drive, his car breaks down, so we have to get a loaner car to do the rest of the drive. Oh. Okay, and I know if I get there, and this is all for you just being like, you know, it would be cool putting lasers <laughs> on a car, right? Exactly, it's yeah. all come from just this yeah. weird idea that everyone thinks I'm an idiot for, but it's like, I, I know I can do this thing. Hey, Martin Luther had a dream, Stephen Glickman had a dream, <laughs> mine has lasers. Both, yeah. you, both <laughs> you guys found a way to get it done. Point of the story is, I get down there. And it turns out this company is owned and operated by Imagineers from Disney. Oh, shit. Who designed all the laser shows for Disneyland and Disneyland Japan. Yeah. All that stuff. uh, Fantasia, all that crazy stuff, right? And not only that, but they they agreed to do the project and, and, like, give me... $20,000 $20,000 worth of lasers shit. for this alien UFO project. I don't know how much $1,000 worth of lasers would but get 20 you. It's a lot. a lot of fucking <laughs> lasers, okay? And then, and this is where, this is the, the capper on the whole story. The dude uh, turns to me and he's like, he's like, yeah, it's going to be so cool to work on something fun and low budget, but cool and gritty and neat and not like overdone with blue screens and things. Mm-hmm. He goes, I've been working so hard the last few months for James Cameron and I'm like, what are you doing with James Cameron? He goes, well, I just I did Avatar, and now I'm doing Avatar 2. Did all the laser work on mm-hmm. Avatar, doing all, all of it on Avatar 2. And he goes, we're actually lending you equipment from Avatar 2 for Holy your shit. tiny little micro-budget short film yeah. about aliens. And we start shooting December 3rd on The Greys, a short film with a bunch of really cool people in it and a budget. And I'm going to get them. Wow. And it's really it's super fun. Story. So it's like, I don't know what, you know, this is a hard time of year, you know, finding work and things. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's a cool. You're creating your own opportunities. Fuck though. yeah. You got to create your own opportunities. I thought you were going to say at the end of it. And then the guy told me like, uh, I thought you were going to say uh, that he goes, I was in the audience actually when you did a stoop on Orchard Street. Right. <laughs> and I thought your work was so impressive that I want to give all this, all these lasers. To I don't want. Someday I'm going to yeah. give him discount lasers. I don't want my company to be a horrible place for Jews. Yes. <laughs> Jews. Yeah. How did it go one more time? Can we end on that? Um, yeah. How was Wait, that? But real quick. Your Twitter at Stephen Glickman. At yeah. Stephen Glickman. S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman. Stephen Glickman on Twitter. Stephen Glickman, same way, same spelling on Instagram. Yeah. And then on YouTube, it's a uh, funny guy from TV, uh, all one word. Oh, and you got, you got sketches and YouTube. Oh, stuff, yeah. And you know videos. what I've been doing a lot of over there is is taking commercials that I don't like and overdubbing them with my voice. I've talked about doing that for centuries. And I'm no. so, yeah, dude, I've like so many stone nights where I've just been like, <sighs> muted the TV and 
done all the voices in the commercial and the voiceover did you gotten, gotta, we gotta do it together we'll do I, one together I, I, a thousand percent I, ju- I just did Blake Shelton uh, for the pizza douche <laughs> <laughs> and it's Love hilarious it. <laughs> I'll show it. it to you before okay. we go uh, yeah. and stevenglickman.com for uh, t- I, it's not, stand I don't, up I don't know if that's a real stand up you're out and about comedy store yeah improv. I'm at the comedy store I'm at the improv and I'm I'm uh, heading to do some different shows okay around, great around there the you country. go uh, this was a fucking blast I had such a good time it's too good man yeah dude too good so, so we're not one of those douchey podcasts. No, you guys are amazing, and I like Thanks, I, I, I'm getting to hang out with both of you. I know such that's a, what's such, such an a, awesome way to spend a the, Saturday. The podcast is the like coolest. a great excuse for that. Um, yeah, man. And uh, yeah. let's go out on the if we can remember the <laughs> the Jews neighborhood song. <laughs> this is a bad neighborhood for Jews. A bad neighborhood for Jews. There's an Irish cop who keeps hitting these Jews. It's a bad neighborhood for Jews. There's not enough. Enough Kugel in here. <laughs> There's too many non-Jews here. If Someone ate my potato latkes today because it's not, not a bad neighborhood, neighborhood for Jews. Jews. It really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank buddy. you, Stephen. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger, Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.